Well, it's good to come out of the clouds of the Bay Area and see the sunshine and worship with you again. I was told that I could choose any text I wanted and realizing it was going to be Holy Communion, I decided that we could spend a little time with John the Baptist. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Now John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honeys. People went out to him from Jerusalem, and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the path of coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and don't think you can say to yourself, that uh, we are Abraham, Abraham is our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise the children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come he who is more powerful than I, whose sandals as I'm fit, and I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, this morning, I would like to warn you that you may experience a bird flying around this sanctuary. And in the next 45 minutes, during while I preach and we have communion, he may land on your shoulder and whisper something in your ear. Are you ready for a surprise visit from the Holy Spirit? John the Baptist. He was a high-energy child. Wow. Uh, Dr. Luke tells us that when, it, when Jesus' mom came to visit his mom while she was pregnant with him, and uh, Mary enters the door, bang! Ooh, that hurts! She gave him a wallop, of, he gave her a wallop of a kick. Then comes Gabriel also to his dad and tells him that your dear old wife is going to have a baby. Wow. And this child will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And don't let him ever have any wine. And know that he will prepare the way for the Messiah. And John, uh, Zechariah says, man, how can this be? Oh, you can't believe it? I don't think you need to talk for the rest of your wife's pregnancy. Okay, so that was it for him for talking, so he could ponder this in silence. So, when the, John was born, on the eighth day they go to get him circumcised, Realize these people have to walk six miles up a hill, two old people with a little, carrying a baby, up a thousand feet to get to Jerusalem for this thing to take place. 
And then the priest says, okay, we're ready to uh, circumcise him and name him Zechariah II. And Bob says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. So the priest turns to Zechariah, and he says, what about it? So they give him a tablet and a pen, and he writes down, the name shall be John. And so John was called John. Luke says he was a child with a strong spirit, and you can exegete that for yourself. Now, it says over here that uh, when he saw this baby, he said, he started to sing. I mean, he hadn't talked for how many months? Months. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You'll go before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give people the knowledge of salvation. What kind of salvation? Through the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got to know that John the Baptist lived west of Jerusalem. Okay, here's Jerusalem. And he lived maybe about where the M's are of Emmaus, okay? And when he left home, he went over here to Bethany. So, you know, it's about six miles from here to here, and then, so what are we talking? Maybe 20 miles from home? And he had to cross the river, and, and there he is. And that's where all this baptizing started, right over there on that side of the river, okay? And it says in the Bible that they came from Jerusalem uh, this is uh, maybe 20 miles. All of Judea and this whole area, they came to get baptized over there on the east side of the Jordan River. Now, you've got to realize that these people had to walk 20 miles. Okay, you got little kids. You got to cross the river. You take, you take your tents along, your camping tents, and you don't have coolers in those days, so you've got to take, what, dried food? And you've got to take enough water because you're walking at the least 20 miles one way. And the people from Judea, that's even yet further. They really wanted to get baptized. They really wanted to see this man who was to prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, these people could have just gone to their local priest and confessed and uh, offer a sacrifice and, and be done with it. But no, apparently. Well, I don't know. I asked myself that question. Why would you walk all that way, go through all this fuss with the tent and the food and the water and all this for days just to be baptized by some hippie? You know, he's the guy that probably killed a camel to get himself a, a camel jacket and a nice belt that he made. Why in the world would you go over there? I mean, the priests had said, if you uh, sin, if you lie, you talk back to your mom and dad, uh, you steal something, um, you know, if you steal something from your neighbor that's sizable, you go to Home Depot and you've you got to replace it, or if you slander the person, you've got to go and apologize. And then you bring a, get yourself a little lamb, and you, you, have, you confess to the priest, 
the priest makes a little fire and you hope that the smoke goes to God and, you know, and then, that he's happy with it. But these people apparently still had regrets about certain things in their life that they went to the priest and they offered the sacrifice, but man, they kept coming back. They must have kept coming back. And they figured, we, I got to get rid of this somehow. Now, God realized it was uh, much too easy, this sacrifice business. So by the time of David, David tells us, God says to us, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And Isaiah in chapter 1 says, God has no more pleasure in the blood of bulls and goats and lambs. There had to be evidence of a broken spirit for you to experience peace in your spirit. Now this is also a time where a ritual uh, uncleanness is, is, is an important thing. If you uh, had an infection and it, it got healed, you had to go to the priest and then you had to be in a sense, baptized and cleansed and washed, and then, then you could continue on with your life. If you were a farmer and you killed some animals before you could really go to church, or I'm sorry, go to synagogue on Saturday, uh, you had to go to the priest and, and be ritually cleansed. If you're in the funeral business and you touch a corpse, you had to be cleansed. And you ladies, you know all about this kind of stuff. Uh, there, was, there were things in, in your life that could come up and you had to be ritually clean. So the people, if they really, really wanted to be uh, clean, then they, uh, well, every synagogue throughout the land had a mikvah. That's a little pool. And uh, you would go to the priest, and you'd offer your sacrifice, and then he'd dunk you three times. When they did archaeology around the old temple, there were a hundred of these little mikvah pools around the temple. If you were a wealthy Jewish person, you had one in your own home. Now the deal is, you got to dunk yourself three times after you confess your sin, but your pool had to be filled with some moving, moving water. Now it doesn't mean you got fancy jets in your, water, in your pool. It means that you or your servant walk all the way to the Jordan River and you get some water that's been moving and you take a five-gallon bucket and you lug it all the way home to Jerusalem or to the synagogues. It had to be moving water for this to really work in your life. So, the people would do that. They would have a sensory experience with their sins. Um, John the Baptist must have told them, if, if you get down on your knees in this water here in the Jordan River, after you confess to me a certain sin, know that six miles down from our site here is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has no little rivers or creeks flowing out of it. It stops there. It evaporates. All you find there is dry land and salt. Dead Sea. 
Know that your sin has been washed down to the Dead Sea, evaporated, and it is gone. So that is the experience that they wanted. Now, John also told them, if you really want peace of mind, there's, there's a little more to it. You need to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You can do the dunking, but you also have to produce fruit. So they said, well, what do you mean? Well, he said, the man with two tunics shall share with him who has none. The one with food shall do the same. Tax collectors came to him to be baptized and said, well, what, 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 what should we do? And he says, don't collect any more than you're required to. And soldiers asked them, well, what should we do? And he said, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your wages. Okay, so that's a little bit more what it takes. Uh, those of us raised on the Heidelberg Catechism would say these are the fruits of repentance of section three of the gratitude section that it's saying thank you. That's important. If you say thank you often enough, then maybe I'll have this peace of mind. But these folks wanted a sensory experience. Well, one day Jesus shows up and John the Baptist says, wow, this is the man I've been telling you about. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And John says, Jesus, can you baptize me over here? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You baptize me. Can you imagine being John the Baptist? This hippie kid preacher, little, little you know, strong-willed, and Jesus says, no, you've got to baptize me. So he baptized Jesus. And when Jesus came out of the water, at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And Jesus walks off into the desert. Duh! What's going on here? And he's gone for 40 days. And so John says, you know, he'll come back. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Whoa, the Holy Spirit. So, John the Baptist, Baptist baptized for about a year at that first place I showed you. But now, during his second year, he went up over here to a spot by Enon. I think it's because, you know, like most of the disciples came from Galilee, there were a lot of followers of, of, of how can I say, pious people in Galilee who needed to be baptized too. So to make it a little easier, he, he came over here and the, on, the, on the west side of, 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 the, of Jordan over there, and that's where he baptized. He baptized for two years, and uh, then he was beheaded. Now, what does the Jordan River look like? Uh, do we have another picture? Okay, see? That's, that's kind of where he was on that spot up north. It's, you know, a few trees, and, you know, no big waves, just nice, gentle, flowing. And that's where the people found their forgiveness. John kept baptizing. And then after two years, he was beheaded. 
And then Jesus, before he ascended, said, you know what? Uh, repentance and forgiveness shall be preached in my name to all the nations. And Peter said in Pentecost, everyone who believes in Jesus will receive forgiveness of sins. And he said, every one of you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ah, we got a new wrinkle. John the Baptist was, you know, trying to make it a sensory experience. And now Peter says, there's even more than forgiveness. You get the Holy Spirit. And uh, Paul told uh, Titus, he said, salvation, he saves us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. When you, when I, really confess our sins, we receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. In theology, we call that what? Forgiveness and sanctification? That means that when you went out on your porch this morning and had a cup, a cup of coffee before you came to church, you could look down the street and you could say, not with pride, but with gratitude. You know what? I have the ability to sin less than a lot of people on my street. I have been given a purifying gift of the Holy Spirit. So when I go to AA or Gamblers Anonymous or Neurotics Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous, I get healed faster than the average person in those meetings. I have power over my attitudes, over my resentments, over my evil sexual stuff. I have power of self-control more than the average person. Whew. We have been gifted not only with forgiveness, but the ability to sin less and to kick those bad habits that we have had. We have more spiritual power than the average person. And that's going to be part of the gift from this morning, too. The Holy Spirit is here and will empower these elements. Whenever the devil comes and says, you're really not good enough. You sure you've done everything that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? You tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. I've been forgiven, and I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Get out of here. Okay, so I'm going to keep preaching here, and I'm going to ask you to maybe just look at your knees, because I'm going to ask you some questions, and I don't want people around you wondering how you're whatever. I'm going to ask you, if, if you went to see John the Baptist 2,000 years ago, but really today, what sin... What regret would you whisper in John the Baptist's ear before he dunks you in the, in the Jordan River three times? Would you say to John, you know what? I lost a friend because I was too harsh, too critical. I lost a friend at work because I, I pushed too hard. I wanted to get ahead. I wanted to get to the top of the pile. Would you maybe say to John, you know what? At school the other day, I cheated. Or maybe when you were a little kid, you cheated on tests at school. Or would you whisper in John's ear and say, you know, John, I've been an employer, I've been a supervisor, and I've been unfair with more than one employee. It's not right. 
did you maybe have a sensitive child and you didn't handle him or her too well and you got angry and you punished and you've got regrets about that? As a teen, are you a bully? Were you a bully when you were a kid? Did you ridicule some classmates? Kind of still gnaws at you. Are you neglecting an aged parent? You've been married for some years now. Has, are you less affectionate than the day you got married? And you're now pretty much living as roommates, and that's about it. Would you tell John, you know, I lied to my mom and dad? Or would you say to John, John, I, I lied to my mate? Or would you say, John, when our gay child came out to us, I didn't handle it very well, and I've got regrets. John, I juggled the numbers in our books. I hid money, I stole money. And you can just keep going. But people of God, today we have the opportunity through Holy Communion to go down to the river with John and be cleansed in our inner spirits, our inner selves, untethered from our guilt feelings, and be free, free, free. Now I invite you to for sure close your eyes, and I'd like you to use your imagination a little bit. You remember that map on the first side of John's bap first site of John's baptism on the east side of the river? Well, we're now in Israel. We're in a nice modern tour bus. The air conditioning's going, and the driver is driving north alongside the river. And when you look to the left out the window, you see those nice little waves and the ripples. And every once in a while, you see a little cliff alongside of the river, and you see some trees. And it's, yeah, we've been in this bus for maybe an hour, hour and a half, and all of a sudden he slows down and he makes a left-hand turn. And we're going over a bridge right now, and you look out the left window or you look out the right one, and you see the Jordan River. I can't believe I'm in Israel. I'm, in, I'm, 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 I'm by the Jordan River. And our bus is slowing down, and the driver makes another left turn. And we, he pulls down a driveway, gravel driveway, and pretty soon there's a parking lot. And there's some trees, and you see the River Jordan, and the bus driver turns the motor off. Now what? So our bus driver is, is getting on the PA, and he says to us, Well, folks, you are at the second site where John the Baptist baptized. And right here is where a lot of people found relief from their guilt. Now, there's an ordained preacher there down by the water who's willing to baptize you if you'd like to. Now, you see that building over there? You can buy some disposable booties and a ro disposable robe for about $15 American. And uh, they'll give you a towel and a key for a lockbox. You see there's a dressing room over there. And you just leave your clothes and so on, all that in the lockbox. And you just take your, you know, towel and your, and your key to the shore. Now, if you would like to ha just go in the river because I know some of you people are Christian Reformed and you've been baptized and baptism is good for a lifetime. You don't need to be rebaptized. But if you just like to have the experience of the water, um, you, you can do that too. Or if you just want to stay on the bus and take a little nap, that's okay. We'll, we'll be here for about 
45 minutes maybe. And what if you chose the self-dunking thing and you got your little booties and your disposable robe and all that and now you're walking toward the river. Before you put your toe in, would you be willing to just, you know, say a little prayer before you step in this water underneath a tree over here? And now you start to walk in. Oh, it's not so cold. And you're up to your knees, and then you're up to your waist. Oh, I can feel the current a little bit now. And you keep walking, you're up to your chest. I think that's far enough now, okay? Now, before you dunk, what sin today do you want to say to God the Father and Jesus? Please, cleanse me from this thought, these memories, my guilt. Wash it all away down to the Dead Sea and to the uttermost ends of the earth as far as east from west is distant. Please, I don't want to have to deal with this again. And now you dunk. Yeah, you gotta go all the way down. You gotta get your hair wet. Okay, take a deep breath. Now, let's go down a second time. Take a deep breath. And a third time. All the way down. Now I invite you to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. People of God at Emmanuel Church know the promise today is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of unrighteousness. Dear Heavenly Father, we've been to the river today. We hadn't planned on this, but we did. This is a little heavy. And John the Baptist does have relevance for us today. I didn't quite always realize that. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, whenever the devil comes with those recurring thoughts again, help us to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get out of here. I am free. I am free. I am free. Father, we pray for cleansing 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 of those memories and those thoughts and any sense of guilt today in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen